Welcome to the search for real answers in a modern world, where challenging topics are met with honest and thoughtful dialogue. This is Truth Seekers Forum. In this episode, we're taking some listener questions and turning them over to Pastor Andy Lewis from Faith Community Church. And Andy, welcome to the studio today. It is good to be here, but I'm still like having to do another episode without Adam. So. I know. Oh, well. It, we just, we have to go forward. It's like half of the smarts left the room, but I'm, here I am. <laughs> Wait a minute. So where does that leave me? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Wow. All right. So I, I, I'm, I'm shooting for a solid 25% of the smarts in the room when Adam's here. That's good. Well, I was going to say, you and I consist of the 25 and 25, and then he's the 50. So nice. There you go. All right. That was his Christmas present. There you go. He's Merry got Christmas. his ego stuffed. Yes. All right. So listen, we're taking some random questions from some of our listeners. And as always, you have no idea what the questions are. So that makes it fun on my part. And Andy, let's go ahead. We're going to start with Dorothy from Santa Fe. And she wants to know... When it comes to her grandson and what we typically have kind of put, um, using air quotes here, the, the age of acceptance, right? Or when, it, when a child can actually give their life over to Christ. Is there a specific age when the, actually it counts versus if they're too young, it doesn't count? Oh, Dorothy, interesting question. Uh, I think I probably say that every time I find questions <laughs> intriguing. That's interesting, or that's a good question. Right. But it is, no, uh uh, yeah, that's interesting because there is sort of that sense that people sometimes have that there's a particular age at which mm-hmm. making a decision of faith somehow counts more and then counts less. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. Mm. I I don't see, um, you know, a couple of illustrations of that that come right out of the Bible. As you see, for instance, in the Old Testament, young little Samuel uh, he's dedicated to the, to the Lord by his mom, Hannah. He's brought to work alongside of the high priest. Mm-hmm. And at a very early age, I, I don't, I'd have to go back in and dig around. I'm not sure if it gives us the specific age, but he's a very young age. He hears the call of God in his life and he becomes, you know, obviously the great prophet Samuel. Right. Um, so there's no sense in the story of, well, he had to be 22, you know, before right. this happened. Right. Um, at the same time, you know, you read about the life of Christ. And granted, this is a little bit different because Christ is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, right? God in human flesh. And yet he's God in human flesh. And mm. you read about these, these scenes where his mom and dad, they go to Jerusalem. It's one of the high festivals in Jerusalem. And he gets lost in a discussion with the key teachers of, of religious law right. in the temple. And so lost in it, he just stays in the conversation. And mom and dad leave town thinking he's with the family clan. And then they go, where's Yeshua? Right, right. And they come back into town <laughs> yeah. and then they find him. And he's like, well, why is this a surprise to you that I wouldn't be about my father's hmm. business? So I don't see that. And even as a pastor, just experientially, even in modern times, I can say my own children and other children in our kids' ministry, I think we do a disservice to the reality of how God gets a hold of kids' hearts, Hmm. even from a very young age. Hmm. And 
that adults can sometimes wrongly poo-poo it. Mm. Um, in fact, it's funny. I, I talk to people who are older. They're now into the retirement age, and they'll tell stories about, I knew, I knew when I was a kid. I sat in the long, tall grass, and I looked up into the sky, and I knew there was mm. a God. And mm. I ran from it, and I did all these things. Yeah. But now I've kind of come back to it. And so there's – and, you know, you know, the more secular you are, the more you explain that away. Oh, well, you know, that's just childhood fantasies right. and mythologies right. and stuff like that. But – and uh, fine. Go ahead and explain that away. Mm. However, I have seen that there is very – there is a reality to it in kids. Mm. It was my own experience. I've seen it in my own kids. Yeah. So I don't – I don't see in both scripture and experience this, you know, it's 22. Right. Now it, right. Now it can take. So it can stick pretty much at whatever age. And there, yeah. is, there, is there a risk of if, if a child, whatever age, but let's say, yeah. you know, grade school or, or younger perhaps, um, says that they want to believe in God, believe in Jesus, can they lose that? Can they lose their salvation yeah. kind of thing? Right. Oh, dear. Where's Adam? Um <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a firm believer that we, you cannot lose your salvation uh, as you, you clearly read Scripture. I mean, and this goes back to some of the fathers of the Reformation. Mm -hmm. Because if, if that's the case, basically what we're saying is, is our salvation is based on what we're holding on to yeah. versus, uh, versus salvation based on who's holding us. Okay. So I am a, I'm a firm believer that when you read through the New Testament and you read through the arc of salvific history in the Old Testament, what you see is a God who is reaching down to rescue us. Hmm. And when we say yes, we're, we're kind of like almost at the analogy of stepping into his hand and he hmm. has a grasp on us, not us having a grasp on him. Yeah. And so salvation is secure. The question becomes, when is salvation actual saving faith? Hmm. Thankfully, the answer is in God's hands. Yeah, right. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to use the term salvific history in regular conversation later this week. There you go. And good for you if you can. Yes, I'm yeah. going for it. Yeah. Oh, it'll, it'll be in conversation. As one who likes history, you'll use it. I'm yes, sure. I will. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. We are going to go to Charlie in Portland. And Charlie wants to know, when it comes to his daughter who is a modern woman. Apparently she is in her early to mid twenties. Um, she's really against the belief of um, a man having any say over her when it comes to her relationship with her boyfriend. So I guess maybe more so when it comes to like marriage and stuff, but can you be a, a modern wo woman? Is that a Billy Joel song? It's just kind of going through my <laughs> yeah, head. That's right. Can you be a modern woman and be yourself and independent, but still do you have to be subservient to a dude? Got it. Uh, oh, wow. Man, you're asking me some hard ones here. Well, you're not, but uh, our, our, our people from Portland. Yes, our asking, listeners. Yeah. Um, and now make sure I'm understanding the yeah. question that he's asking, because is he asking, she's struggling with being subservient to him as her father as she's dating No, it sounds or? like he just wants clarification in fact, or or perhaps to, to, to bolster what he's trying to get across to her, that she can still be independent, but ultimately... Like you're calling to be subservient to your husband. Okay, got it. Yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of discussion in this. Here, I would say, here are the two, um, ba the base basic approaches. Mm -hmm. um, in those of you who are interested to know theological terms, like salvific history, yes, um, is there's what's called um, the egalitarian view mm -hmm. and the complementarian view. Okay. 
The complementarian view holds that there is some kind of glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. There's even a and then they're even within that position, looking at different passages of scripture. Um, sometimes heated, sometimes not as heated. Mm-hmm. Discussion about where that glass ceiling is. Okay. Um, in the home, in church life, can a woman do ministry? If so, yeah. what kind? Right. Can she only do kids' ministry and be called a pastor, or mm. could she teach in front of people? Right. Um, those kinds of things. And then, what does it mean to be in home life? Which is what this question's context is, or dating. Um, you know what? What does uh, being subservient or whatever mean? Right, right. Um, the egalitarian position is mostly simply saying there is a very much mutual equality between men and women, and mm-hmm. even within church life, mm-hmm. there's not a glass ceiling, hmm. or at least. I think mainly, yeah, I guess egalitarian would be pretty much there's no glass ceiling. Okay, women could preach, right, and all that. I would say great minds and great hearts mm-hmm. represent both sides. Mm-hmm. However, here's what I would say within the home life. If mm-hmm. you look at Ephesians 4 and it says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Yeah. I will say this. The greater context, the phrase before it is, yeah. um, submit to one another out of reverence of Christ. And then the phrase in the Greek is, wives to your husbands. Mm-hmm. In the English translation, it gets translated, wives submit. It repeats itself. But the actual greater context of the verse before it is, submit to one another Mm -hmm. out of reverence for Christ. Mm -hmm. And then in the Greek, it's just wives to your husbands, blah, blah, blah. And then it explains what that would look like. And then at the end of the thing says, men, um, you know, reverence your wife as Christ loved the church. Mm. Meaning you you are going to have to live as if it's not about you. And so I, I, I lean from that more towards an, an egalitarian view mm-hmm. of the home that, you know, you're not the president as the guy and you get two votes and she's the vice president. She gets right. one. Right. Um, there's, there's, you know, mutuality in that. I, I, and I, when, I, when I meet with couples, I, I, and, and I know they'll, I'll get blowback on this because there's different views on this. Sure. So that's fine. Sure. And this is why we do this podcast. So there'd be conversation and thinking things through more critically. Um, but I teach that there are head and body relationships going right from the Trinity right down into human relationships where mm-hmm. the head's role is to lead for the benefit of the body. Mm-hmm. And the body's role is to be a good participant with the head. And a lot of times meaning to be good communicators of what's going on and how this would work out. Okay. There is a there is a real uh, partnership in that. And mm-hmm. you see that is God the Father is the head to Christ as the body, as mm-hmm. the body in enacting in, in, in that. Christ is in New Testament the head of the church to which the church is his body. Mm-hmm. And the New Testament is the man is the head of the home and the wife serves as the body. This is where the discussion gets right. in different places about right the practice of that in the specifics. Yeah. But I would say this, here's the thing. I would say I have seen people with complementarian positions and egalitarian positions, mm-hmm. different different couples, whose love for one another is so premier in the way they function mm-hmm. that it almost looks like ending up being the same thing. Yeah. Even though yeah. philosophically on a piece of paper. Yeah. If that Be makes very any different. sense. Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Great. All right, let's go on to Veronica from the state capital, Sacramento. Hey, Veronica, you got a friend named Betty? 
Wow. And um, it looks like here's her situation is she is um, spending time commenting on social media posts and often brings in her faith. And there's a lot of blowback from other people who do not share her faith. Right. And she wants to know, should she respond? Should she not respond? She feels like she has to defend the faith. Huh. Yeah. Um, social media is such a funny thing. We're all trying to kind of figure out, right, together, uh, reality and unreality within it, you know. Um, and it's it's good. It's definitely brought about the ability to um, quickly post videos, mm-hmm. um, things happening in the ground. It's democratized. Like even this podcast is a democratization of ideas right. and thought that we don't have to be NBC, ABC or some right. Fox media right. to, to put out ideas. So, so that part of it is definitely, I mean, I think really good. Um, however, it is the Wild West mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, I was just reading this morning about how Mark Zuckerberg on f- and Facebook is having to yeah. really get granular about right. these uh, seemingly real news posts that aren't real. That hmm. were there, people are beginning to wonder how much did it affect the election? Right. Um, and so, all that to say, I think we have to be wise as believers, finding the channels in which we share our faith. Hmm. Um, I'm not saying don't, you know, share a posting of the footprints poem, you know, if you want to put that out there. Um, but don't be surprised if you're going to get that same, that kind of vicious or nasty blowback that you're going to get on a lot of different things. You know, you can post about, because that's kind of the wild west of this thing. You get these super hot and heated opinions, good or bad. Right. But they're not actually real in the way that if those same two people sat across the table like we are right now with each other, the nuance and the sense of depth and complexity about it, it gets all lost in social media. So I think that's kind of where we have to be, you know, careful. Like, for instance, like I have a blog and I I write a blog and um, it's not like widely read, but... um, you know, if I get a criticism or something like that, it's like, okay, fine. There was a response. I don't think you need to carry the weight mm. of, I have to prove Jesus to you. Right. And the more, because vi- basically you're just, it's just going to be a losing battle. Right. You know, it's right. like the old adage, just like, are they a customer <laughs> or not? Right. If they're not, most of the time in social media, the most you're going to get from somebody is a thumbs up like. Yeah, and if they're if they're telling you what they think, and you come back and you're in this tea party thing, they're yeah. not a, they're not a customer. Yeah, don't save save your typing. Yes, yes, you don't need to be a keyboard warrior. And and you know where we really saw this was on all the social media sites within this last election. For sure, nobody nobody was listening to anybody. It right. was just all just you know nobody was a customer of anybody else, and it was right. just like. And that's the same thing that's for sure can happen with things that sometimes we Christians can put out there on our Facebook pages. Yes, absolutely. Well, listen, Andy, thank you again. That's going to wrap up this edition of Truth Seekers Forum. Truth Seekers Forum is a production of Faith Community Church in Santa Cruz, California. To learn more about Truth Seekers Forum or Faith Community Church, please visit us online at santacruzfaith.org. <laughs>